Are we ready? We're ready. We're ready. There's no like cool intro music until Justin does his magic afterwards. (laughs) I'm just going to trust in technology. Okay. I haven't done this in so long. (laughs) Welcome back. This is Headful of Hannibal, the Baltimore-based Fanable podcast. This is Amy. I'm Jen. We have... Producer Justin. And today we have a guest, and we would like her to introduce herself. Hi. <laughs> I'm Kim, and I uh, I go by Snide, G-R-R-L, on the, on the tweets. And uh, I'm a new Netflix brought-in fan. Oh, no. Everybody oh, hates us. Yay. That's awesome. No, we yay. don't hate you. Welcome, welcome. Um, We decided to scrap the last episode that we recorded way back late winter. It was very grim. It was very grim. We were at the beginning of the pandemic. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, And pretty much all motivation just tanked after we recorded. Um, And then we decided, well, I have known Kim now for a very long time. And I got to see her coming into the Hannibal fandom and become a (laughs) Hannibal. And I thought, instead of trying to do our usual format of watch an episode and talk about it, let's just do sort of a reset redux. Let's just talk about the fandom and the show with somebody who's new to... Oh, there's nothing to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) It has all been talked about at this point. (laughs) That old show. Who cares? I, I don't know. I don't know what you mean. It feels like... I walked into a very alive fandom. <laughs> yes. Right? <laughs> for a show that's been off the air for, what, five years? Five years. We refuse to die. Nope. Um, and so, yeah, we just thought it would be fun to kind of kind of get our podcasting feet back underneath us before we get back into, because we're going to finish the damn season three. Finish we swear. Yeah. Um, so we are, uh, yeah, we're here. We're glad to have somebody with us. It's a nice, it's been really nice to see the sort of root, new the new yeah. blood the new blood yes literally right coming back I, to it. I feel like i have a lot of fomo right or what's the past tense of fomo fear Fomist. that i missed out yeah that mo um, <laughs> but um i i mean i read the harris books in when they came out basically oh yeah and when the show came on the air, um, first of all, let's get it out on the table. I was really deep in the Teen Wolf fandom. <laughs> I have no shame, but I really could have been focusing my energy <laughs> on this show. <laughs> so I was Think, like... There was things come into our lives at the right time. Yeah. That is so yes, true. That's true. Pandemic, uh, you should sit down and watch Hannibal. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, I forgot to ask if we swear on this podcast, but I was. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. We have an E rating on everything. Yes, <laughs> on we everything. do. Yes. Okay. Great. <laughs> For implied yeah. cannibalism. For implied cannibalism. <laughs> Just a few content warnings for this show. Yeah. Yes, we will go there. Um, so you were team wolfing it up around what was that twenty? Well, 2013 to 15. Yeah, I did. No, I caught it was actually Netflix. Netflix doing people favors. Like for a brief span of time in like 2013 to 14, Teen Wolf came on Netflix. Yeah. And so I was, I was working night shift. And when I work night shift, um, I'm a nurse. Um, When I work night shift, I work 
I sleep during the day every mm-hmm. single day. So I'm always up all night alone doing whatever. Because mm-hmm. I, unless I sleep at the same time every day, it's a disaster. So I was up all night watching every piece of television available to me. And I reached the bottom and I was like, fine. I'll watch this dumb show from MTV <laughs> about teenage werewolves. <laughs> it's all that's left. It's all that's left. And then um, three years of my life were dedicated to that. That's how it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then here I am. We're trapped in a pandemic, and I'm trying to figure out what to watch. And I'm like, ah, yes. I loved the Harris books. And I even, you know, I remember loving the films. I don't – I've seen – all the films, but I have, it's so long ago, I don't remember them at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember Silence of the Lambs, because I've watched it more than one time. Yeah. But I didn't remember, I, I remember going to the theater to see Red Dragon, and, but I, could I tell you anything about it? No, I don't know. Um, so, I, but I knew I loved this crime stuff, and I loved the, I'm also one of those people who, back then, in the 90s, read the John Douglas profiler book right Mm -hmm. where he wrote like this is what we were doing in the 70s we figured out how to do profiling and so thomas harris was like you know he went and studied those guys Mm -hmm. to write this so i was i was it was like a crossover true crime fantastic crime so then finally i was like yeah of course i'm gonna watch hannibal i mean i i should have watched it a long time ago and then just like a red haze came over (laughs) And everything went through a special filter. <laughs> a kaleidoscopic like, filter. <laughs> yeah, just some tones envision a very weird monologue, a, mo- a montage of just me entering warp speed into the fandom in, uh, I guess, August of la- last year now. Here I am. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, no, that's... Jen had been watching it while it was on the air and kept like mildly being like, you know, y'all should watch this show. It's real good. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Because this isn't usually my genre. <laughs> right. Not at all. Yeah. Even though I did like Silence of oh, the Lambs, book yeah. and movie. Not usually my genre. This is my genre. Yeah. And Mine too. <laughs> yeah. And you were just so like, you'd be, we'd be at like having drinks after practice and Jen would be like, you know, it's like real good. You all should try it. And, um, it was literally, I think, like the week after it wrapped because Jen was That's like, what happened. That's I was like, look, I can't hold back anymore. Y'all need to watch this fucking show. I can't tell you why. Because I, I was like, it was, a, yeah, it was the week they went off the cliff. And I was just like vibrating with energy. <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> Jen showed, we are fully spoilers. So you don't have to like. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we were spoilers from day one. Oh. So, uh. Fine. It's just like, please, somebody watch this with me. <laughs> I also can't imagine watching it like waiting for a week every week. Uh, episode. Yeah, and then with like Tide commercials in between, so you're watching oh, this like, yeah. dark gothic Fuck thing. That. Oh, also, like I watched it in Netflix brightness when I've I've heard all about oh, right. NBC having yeah. it on Super Dark, and yeah. I think that would be frustrating. Yeah, I wonder if they changed that up because I actually I'm on like a pop culture Facebook group um and somebody was talking about a show with dark lighting and somebody mentioned they're like oh that was my problem watching hannibal and i was like fun fact (laughs) they did not have the budget for a lot of lighting so they just went with it but i wonder if they might have like knit up for the they spent all the budget on suits and couldn't light anything yeah (laughs) welcome to brian fuller's world i approve (laughs) Uh, and we have you say something that's shot super shallow 
it just looks uh, to me like, oh, they couldn't afford lights. They had to open up the iris all the way to get all the light into the camera now. Uh, it's moody. Yeah. They um, made it work. Yeah, poor Jen was like suffering in solo fanaboldom. And I was like, okay, I'll try the show. And I watched the first episode and I think I messaged you and was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm literally watching the first episode going, oh, yeah, this is my jam. Well, you know what, that Jen R? Uh-huh. You know who I'm talking about? Yep. Um, I just got her to start watching it. Mm. And, th- and this is me like going to all my friends like, I know that it seems like it's scary, but you should watch. I know that you don't like murder, but it- <laughs> you should watch. I know this isn't your jam, but you should try. Yeah. That's me. It's been me, like door to door salesman. And so finally, uh, we do Marco Polo to stay in touch. Uh-huh. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys use that, yeah. but yeah. it's kind of nice for like if you've been in too many zoom calls lately in synchronous meetings of mm-hmm. not, of whatever fun thing you do, it's nice to just leave a message, a video message. Yeah. So finally she leaves me a message. Like I started watching and I'm like, <laughs> okay, My <time> has come. <laughs> let's go. So well, I'm doing it too. <laughs> our friend Brooke just watched the imposter Hannibal, I guess you'd call it. There's a Hulu oh. show called Prodigal Son, uh. or it was around, I think it's like I think several it was years like, now. Yeah, it was like one season and it got canceled. And apparently the first episode comes across as, from Brooke's oh. perspective, a direct ripoff of the first episode of Hannibal. And Brooke said they got through like 10 minutes and were like, nah, fuck this. <laughs> <laughs> you can't give me what I want. No, 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 no. I yeah. just have to rewatch what I really love. Um, <laughs> Well, welcome to the fandom. Yeah, so welcome. Yes, thank, thank you. Thank you for here. having me on. I want to talk about Hannibal all the time. Yay. So what we're going to do today is we've got our usual thing of having some talking points about various fandom stuff, um, things like that. And then we're just going to kind of open up the floor for general Hannibal talk. Um, and then we have our Rex. And the end is usual. Um Usually we start out with, we talk about what we're eating and drinking. Today we do not have any fabulous cocktails. <laughs> we have yummy biscuits that yes. producer Justin made. I'm thinking that we're probably going to spill some tea. Mm. <clears throat> Thanks. <laughs> Good Look, job, Justin. Obviously I'm drinking my addiction Diet Coke, but <laughs> yes. you know, well. I, I'm not going to lie to you that after entering this fandom, I went out to my local um, beer provider and bought Carlsberg beer to try it. Yes. Not going to lie. It's not, not great. It's not, it's not, it's not okay. <laughs> it's, I call that kind of beer, that's like, you just cut the grass beer, like you need a, it's like light beer to drink on a hot summer Which day. Which is fine. It's, it's like a Budweiser of Europe. <laughs> yes. I it mean, did. I, I read into it, like, the people who make beer in Denmark are basically one monopoly now, like, oh. except for tiny, tiny microbrews, everything is made by the same people. Mm-hmm. The Carlsberg people bought the other big, yeah. Anyway, so whenever I look at the ads with Mads in them, I'm like, so that's basically like if he were shilling for Budweiser. Yes. <laughs> and he likes it. I think he has said that he likes that beer. He, he likes, likes beer over just other things. Cheap cold beer. Yeah. Yeah. He does. Well, I, like, I like drink it out of a frozen mug so that I don't have to taste it as much. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's, well, I'm drinking a oatmeal stout. I'm mm. drinking Snow Pants oatmeal stout from Union. And Jen's got a big cup of coffee. <laughs> if Jen comes over midday, I'm like, do you need coffee? I have trouble getting my own coffee in the morning. No, okay. 
Well, did you notice that we have like now we Justin got me a uh, pour over set up with a hand grinder Ooh. for my birthday. So we now have a lot of coffee at our house. Fancy. <laughs> Multiple forms. Fancy coffee yes. shit. And, uh, and Justin got up this morning and made pie and biscuits. So that's about as fancy as we get. Today. No sourdough for us. No sourdough. We skipped. We skipped sourdough. Uh, we are the um, Jen and I are united in our hatred. I don't know about <laughs> hatred, but sourdough apathy. Oh, I'm with you. Yeah, excellent, excellent. awesome. Yes. Yeah, well, I lived in San Francisco for five years, and um, that really like put me on the hatred side of sourdough because they just put it on every table when you go out. They're just like, of course you want sourdough. You're in San Francisco. I'm like, no, no, I know, no. no, back off. Yeah, other people were making sourdough and i made i'm not gonna pronounce this right hotek which are the hotak oh. which are the korean it's like a yeast dough um and you make little um they look like a pupusa but filled Aww. with brown sugar and walnuts you like it's like a kind of a griddle cake thing almost a filled griddle cake that sounds delicious flipping yeah. delicious uh that was yeah yeast and bao i made bao buns that was my contribution to covid <laughs> i'm like sourdough nope um then oh yes so who put this point on here the army hammer thing? i did i, thought about I did this and it's <laughs> i read a i happened to be reading earlier today a good you have a jezebel link i, I, saw, I read a good rolling stone okay about the focus of the conversation the re, yeah i probably the same thing because the reason i put that on there is they were saying look it's not about whatever scandalous messages came out but he's got this history of abuse. His wife, his ex-wife has said, like, I've been put in abusive situations and non-consensual situations where he's been really drunk and I've been scared for my life. On top of him saying the things that, the kind of things he's saying about in implied cannibalism. <laughs> um, and that's really where the focus of it should be. Right. Uh, yeah. Are you, so, did you... Did you hear about this, Kim? Did you I, see? Oh, I've been on Twitter. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> I read Twitter. No, um, I did hear about this, and it's funny because I have friends from the Teen Wolf fandom that um, are very vocal, sort of like, well, actually, this is one particular person who likes to say, like, hey, everybody, go hate this person for the abuses they have perpetrated. Mm. Um, and it's like that one, that's that thing where it, where the person is um, like, I get it. Like I do not want this person to be an abuser and I think they're bad. But then sh that person tweeted like, oh, everything's confirmed. And I was like, actually, I'm confused because um, these tweet, these like texts or whatever on their own are just somebody being freaky. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then I like looked into the backstory like, okay, if he can't think, like, keep it consensual then we have a problem yes but if he can keep it consensual yeah it's a freaky man right like if it was just random role play stuff whatever i don't care mm -hmm. um but when i read the articles about his what his ex-wife said i was like oh that's a huge red flag and yeah really calls for concern and i have to say on top of it being somebody who's read a lot of true crime and and all that kind of stuff and you know uh, like when it gets to the the point of like whatever he was you know if if it's true what his ex-wife was saying like 
that's scary. That's the kind of stuff that's like pre-serial killer mm-hmm. stuff right. that you have to watch out for. Yeah. And I totally agree. So, you know. Because I don't know if the article you read was the same. The Rolling Stone, when they talked with a uh, dominatrix from, um, I, I think somewhere, maybe in California, who was talking about, yeah, like, this is a kink. Yeah. These things about cannibalism as a kink are fine. Yeah. Yeah. And they may play out like X, Y, or Z, and that's fine. But all this other crap Mm-mm. is not fine. Not we're fine. Consent issues and we're talking abuse. And- yeah. And, yeah. And when you put them together, it's, it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Well, that's why being in this fandom is the perfect <laughs> locale for the discussion. Yes. Right? And I mean, that kind of like leads us into our next thing that we wanted to talk about on the list. Oh, about the anti-shipper. Fans. The pro, the what do they call it? The pro or anti-meat? Was that the thing? Rainbow. Uh, are you talking about rainbow meat? So the yes, thank versus, you. I couldn't remember the exact table. I don't know what the antis call themselves, but they have, they all put a knife Steak yes, a knife and there? a steak. Yeah, versus a rainbow I mean, and meat. Yeah. yeah, they don't all put that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm too old for this. <laughs> <I'm> too <laughs> old for this shit. But it, it was a whole kerfluffle. Yeah, so it's still a kerfluffle. The people yeah, that I follow on Twitter are still like, "Hey, everybody, got to block this anti. They're harassing. Yeah. And all this. Yeah. It's, it's happening." So I linked through our show notes. Um, I felt like the Mary Sue article did a pretty good summary. Mm-hmm. Um, and Anything anybody's provided, any of these links and all, if we have any new listeners, it'll go into the uh, show notes. Um, but I, the quote I pulled was, um, so there's, well, let me go back real quick. There has been an influx of people coming to the Hannibal fandom who are saying that by, I guess, going along with more like from the fanfic side of things, not just liking the show, but the fanfic side of things. If you are approving of the fanfic, then you are also thereby approving of what pedophilia and I think sexual assault, incest, incest stuff. So not really coming into any sort of particular points, just saying if you like A, then you approve of B. Mm-hmm. Almost irrationally so. Right. And, um, to the point, and this Mary Sue article talks about Brian's response, where he's had to respond <laughs> and reveal a lot of very um, personal things mm-hmm. about himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the um, the Mary Sue article, not only talks about what happened, but also when you get these anti-fans coming in, people who are like, I'm obsessed with this thing. I am going to focus on this thing, except I'm not coming at it from a positive. I'm coming at it from an anti. Um, And the quote I pulled was, so random people on the internet have come out on the other side of the cultural revolution and seen that they can get that golden attention by being puritanical and conservative. Being an anti is the best way now to get 15 seconds of Twitter fame in fandom. And a side note, I see this a lot getting into K-pop people who are like, I'm just going to, bust on people because um it gets me attention i think they have a like savior complex Mm -hmm. i agree i I can i I wrote a big long thread about this 
on my Twitter that nobody noticed because nobody notices my Twitter, which is fine. I like oh, it that way. Give us the link. <laughs> I don't know how many people notice us, but if you give us the link. But I mean, when our best. 20 some years ago, 25 plus, oh, no, I don't know. Time means nothing. Decades. Um, I was a adamant anti, like not, I was, okay. Do you remember Live Journal? <laughs> Uh, intimately yes <laughs> I was in the feminist group on live journal mm. and that's when we were in the 90s having the second third wave fight of mm -hmm. can we be critical of pornography can we mm -hmm. be critical yeah. of mainstream heteronormative sexuality without being called like okay no are you sex positive is that sex positive going to impl imply the existence of sex negative well I'll tell you what I was hardcore in my 20s and my teens and 20s on that train of we need to criticize this we need mm -hmm. to critique this because it's dangerous to women it's dangerous to gay people and it's dangerous to everybody and we and if you're out there enjoying um, one of my favorite whipping boys was um american psycho because at the mm -hmm. time i read american psycho and i was like this motherfucker is dangerous that is how i felt at the time um so you know it I don't, I still don't love American Psycho, but I've grown uh, into mm -hmm. a person who recognizes that art is not reality, right? Mm -hmm. And that um, maybe someone out there is reading American Psycho and being like, yeah, I want to just butcher women. Mm -hmm. But more likely, <laughs> the overarching rape culture and patriarchal culture is making someone go, I want to go butcher women or be mm -hmm army hammer and be abusive to my wife or whatever. It's more mm -hmm. subtle than that. There's so many shades, but these people, a lot of them, not everyone, mm -hmm. they're at least purporting to be minors. And so I think that, you know, I have a sympathy for mm -hmm. someone who's coming into the world, learning about the kind of like, um, to, to what we find like amusingly depraved or maybe even entertaining or maybe even sexy things but that as a 15 year old I would have been like oh, people are doing this, this is horrible. well it reminds me of the I'm gonna butcher his name the guy from Untamed uh the guy who played Wei Wuxian Zhao Zhan is that his name yeah Zhao Zhan um uh who is a Chinese actor and had uh some fan read on AO3 fanfic that they felt was way too explicit or whatever. So they reported AO3 in China or, and then, Oh no. And his, no, wait, was it, they well, reported it to the fandom. The fandom completely freaked out, reported AO3 to like the government. And now AO3 is blocked in China. The government oh, shut no. it down, shut it down. Yeah. And then people went back to him and were like, your fandom fucked everything up and you're responsible. And you're responsible. And he basically had to take a break for like a year of doing yeah, things. Break. And, yeah. and I think an issue of formal apology. Oh, yeah. For his fandom. It's fucked up. Because someone was like, my baby. I think it might have been a, a real person mm. fanfic. And someone was like, my, my precious baby was portrayed in this way that I don't like. Ah, yikes. Yeah. I mean, I remember, you know, as a rad femme, you know, young person who wanted to fix the world being like I in my mind right because we didn't have all these wonderful outlets to just say anything we want all the time we were starting to but we weren't there yet and I remember thinking like I if if I were going to commit some 
crazy act of violence, it would be against, like, the Hustler headquarters because of how they exploit women, you know? Like, I hate these people. Mm -hmm. But at that time, I didn't turn to my friends and my peers and say, like, you're bad. Mm-hmm. You're you're evil, and you should want to kill yourself, which is what these kids are yeah. saying now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I and that's where it's like, okay, stop it. Mm. Why? If you want to have a discourse, like I'm gonna fine. You want to have a discourse about whether this is harmful to society? I'll block you. Like mm-hmm. I'm not. I've already been through this experience and come out the other side. But if you want to tell people to harm themselves or tell them that they're bad people and be abusive? Nah, nah, not, not okay. Oh, in particular about how many people who are like abuse survivors mm-hmm. and such say that like writing things like this is good for them. Mm-hmm. They're like, that's right. like, that is a huge, like I've seen it all over and I'm, um, one link that I am going to put in that I think I forgot to put in here um, is a Twitter thread that is particularly geared towards people who have been thinking like like this, like I need to police other people oh. and how to get out of a group like that, how to recognize gaslighting and how to, um, how to, you know, if you've been sort of subsumed oh, yeah. into something and be like, I need to get out of it. It's in there. It's in the show notes because I saw it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, because like it is, like if I feel like if it's happening, I don't agree with everything people are writing. But if you're putting it in appropriate space, then I am more um, okay with it. Like okay, but just coming and just being like to you, you, you creator, you're a bad person. And and people point out too that it seems like there is not a criticism of the source material. Like, people aren't saying the show is bad. Oh, yeah. It's only in the fan-created stuff, which then, like the thing I, the other, like, point I was making is all about policing, in particular, a a lot of uh, fandom, well, most fandoms, that's highly female, very queer. Yeah. Yeah. All these other things. Like, so you're coming in here and being like, oh, the stuff the source material, the official quote unquote material is okay because it's quote unquote art, but mm, the fan right. created material is not the same thing and then deserves to be criticized and people deserve, deserve to be criticized and worse. And that's like... Well, because it's a lot easier for them to harass people online and on Twitter than go after Thomas Harris who mm. like doesn't give yeah. a shit. And well, the Mary Sue article was like, <laughs> Brian's one of the few creators that comes back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was, yeah. I I mean, I was already in love with him, but his tweets, oh my God. No, when people came after the Teen Wolf show creator for queer baiting, and they really wanted to come at him, like they really wanted to hold him accountable for queer baiting with Steric, right? Teen Wolf fans will know the style Steric. <laughs> yeah. Um, they just couldn't because he was like, I'm out. I'm out of Twitter. I'm out of all of this. Like, I have mm-hmm. a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not, but, you know, and then it's easy for them to come for uh, fan artists. But that this brings up a temporal thing that I have, which is that when I got into Teen Wolf fandom, I never saw any of this. Like this has a canon, not ca- a non-canon, but very popular ship that is a minor and an adult. Like everyone loves Steric. 
Styles is in high school and Derek definitely isn't. Mm-hmm. Whether he's 22 or 25 or 28, I, who cares, right? Like this is everyone's favorite ship, the one of the most popular ones. And nobody cared. <laughs> like mm. you wrote the fic as the canon was, where Styles is still in high school. You wrote the fic where Styles is graduated from college. You wrote the fic where Styles and Derek are brothers. You wrote whatever you wanted. And no, I never noticed anybody like giving shit about it yeah. and then I walk into Hannibal fandom and like I'm here for five seconds and all of a sudden everyone is freaking out about a show where really bad things happen yeah <laughs> you're like have you not watched the show because I think you have not watched the show well, I really possibly a contemporary thing because I think it wasn't really this popular to hate on people four years ago or mm, whatever yeah I think it's definitely I, I think also I think it's a change in culture and possibly also everybody going a little like pandemic quarantine, like, ah, just like freak out. Oh, we can't go to school. We have to be on harass Twitter. people on the internet. I think our official head full of Hannibal stance on the uh, anti-shippers <laughs> is fuck that noise. Fuck that noise. Yeah. Fuck that noise. Stop being can- mean to people. And focus on your own fucking life. Yeah. Right. And really focus on the actual problem. Mm-hmm. Focus on the actual people who are doing shitty things in the world and not right. people in fandom. Yeah. Which I had put a note here. I There's been a big thing recently in, in the K-pop world where uh, there's a petition going around about uh, fanfic ship writing, real person writing between male idols and there are some uh, Korean hip hop artists who have supported it and retweeted it. And they're basically like, this victimizes, you know, men in K pop because people are writing them in these horrible ways. Except they're also equating this fanfic writing to horrible, horrible shit that's been going on um, with some scandals in Korea regarding um, an idol owned club that. Uh, allegations of prostitution and um, the worst prostitution, also drug sales, things like that coming out, Um, the hidden camera stuff that goes on in Korea, and also a whole thing about these private paid online groups where people could get really horrific porn. Wow. (laughs) And so these hip hop artists are like teenage girls writing fanfics between two guys in an in a k-pop group is the same as this other shit horrible things that are happening and people are like no you're wrong (laughs) like you're wrong and it's just another way of policing what people are putting out there yeah in particular certain communities yeah Um, yeah and well 19 year old me is like we have to but i always deep down inside was like, we can't censor people. We just can't. I just want people to not be assholes. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 it took a long time to be like, okay, I, I'm comfortable. I mean, it was a whole Rubicon of like, I'm comfortable with this content. I don't, might like some of this content. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, um, I'll say that I am amazed at some of the conversations coming out from people who are much younger than me, who just are so informed and nuanced and smart about this stuff. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so for every sort of reactionary person, thankfully there are some really great 
thinkers and writers out there and, and very young. Yeah. <laughs> like people are in their teens uh, because I, I mean, yeah, I don't think I was quite as conservative when I was younger, but um, we were still like learning, like we're now into whatever, if they're used to waves of feminism and, right. and it, it gets more and more intersectional right. and right. all of that, like it just gets better and better. So I think when you see people do this sort of thing, you're like, yeah. haven't we gotten past crap like this? Apparently not. No. Anyway, fuck the haters. <laughs> right. Fuck that shit. Um, oh, I was going to say the Twitter uh, that I'll link about uh, people. Oh, it's the quote was below are links to articles on art writing therapy for abuse, what gaslighting means, what cyberbullying is, and how to stop it. And that was the Twitter user, Whiskey and Spite. So I will link to that. Very informative thread. I think people add a lot of content mm. in the comments. Um, a quick discussion. I think we all watched Mads' new film. Yes. yes. Another round. <laughs> Which was, I think, Jen, you had to say to me, nobody dies. Well, no, no, I no, said he the, doesn't die. The dog doesn't die uh-huh. and he doesn't die. Yeah. So go ahead and watch it. <laughs> I haven't watched, uh, I have not watched the one where he's like the advisor to the Danish queen or whatever, that historical film. Oh, because oh. um, he dies. Uh, What's the name of that? I watched it. A Royal Affair. Royal Affair. Royal Affair. And I haven't I watched like, The Hunt. Amy, you have to watch The Hunt. I will watch it. I, have I haven't watched it. one either. Oh my God. Do you know what it's about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just haven't had the he emotional He is amazing in it. And so when I watched this one, I was 20 minutes into the film and I texted you, Amy, because I was like, every time Maz cries, I cry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it. He's so oh, good I, at it. <laughs> I, like I said, I go whole hog. So I've watched Adam's Apples and Men and Chicken. and um, great. Men and Chicken is fabulous. Flickering Light. We watch it together. <laughs> uh, Men and Chicken is one of my favorite movies now. <laughs> <laughs> did we watch Green Butchers together? We did. Yes. I think we had like a double I feature. It it's, it's hysterical. His hair is out of control. <laughs> They're good. Flickering lights was really good, and that's like young, kind of dirty, mm. which is my particular. That's favorite. your favorite, Maz, Amy. Yeah. <laughs> you you have to like you have. I don't really like to see any animal abuse in yeah. films, so it's saying something that I can enjoy that film. And his character is not cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> Nope. I don't know how to put it without giving anything away, but he's not okay. Wait, in which one? Okay. In uh, Flickering Lights. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's been a while since I, I kind of forgotten about that one. And then I watched, I saw it mentioned recently and I was like, that was a great movie. I recently watched some of um, Shake It All About. Have you guys seen that one? I forget what the oh, thing is. No, Google. I haven't seen that, seen that one. Anyway, that's the one where he plays a man who's in a monogamous relationship with another man, but then things go wrong. Oh. But the the film itself is good, but it, it has, I don't know if it was made for TV. It has like obvious um, spots for like commercial breaks mm-hmm. and it has the worst music ever. <laughs> so you're in the film and you're like, ooh, this is emotionally. And then all of a sudden it'll be like a danish pop song style oh, thing will oh happen no. like oh god but i i mean i think you have to find it downloadable somewhere yeah yeah, yeah yeah but yeah but another round mm-hmm. yes there's a lot of 
what awards I mean there's a lot of awards awarded all over yeah. the world but there's a lot of Oscar talk yeah and it was I I appreciated the fact Jen and I discussed this and I don't know if I mentioned it to you Kim that it was there seemed to be a subtlety to what it was talking about that you wouldn't find in an American film which would be much more again puritanical and sort of judgmental and I mean, in the way I was watching it, I'm like, oh, well, like his character is this like middle-aged teacher in a rut, bored, all this stuff. And let me shake up my life some in a way, but I'm also felt sympathy because you're like, this person didn't ask to be, you know, like you're suddenly like in the middle of your life and you're like, what the fuck is going on? And I felt like they, they managed to convey that through these four friends who were all coming from not a totally different place, but they all had a very specific set of circumstances in their lives. And, and so I was both in part like, y'all are being pathetic losers if you think that like drinking on the job is going to make things better. But I also well, understand what you're trying to do. Isn't that in itself a very American like drinking culture? Mm-hmm. If I was a high school uh, teacher, I'd drink on the job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that as someone who, as of uh, six months ago, works with people in recovery literally every day. Mm-hmm. So watching this movie in that context added a whole other layer. Oh my gosh, because I bet. Everyone I work with is uh, like advanced level alcoholic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, what is this movie saying like in that context? But I do think that it's it, it, the one helpful <laughs> message is not every bark, bark. Not every Ranger has an opinion. Um, I, it, it, uh, it says that not everyone can have the same relationship to alcohol. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's an important thing for people in recovery because some people can drink and not have it affect them too negatively um, or to get good benefits out of it or whatever. But there are people around us all the time who can't engage with it that way. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and it was, I, thinking back, when I finished the film, I was like kind of looking back over the all the characters. And the one, is it Tommy? Is that the guy who drowns? The guy who dies? I don't remember the one who dies, names. But he's the one at the very beginning who's drinking before they go out. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, oh, you see it from the beginning. Like, and I sort of figured the whole thing when they're going out in the boat and he's, they're like, oh, you're a teacher who, you're like a phys ed teacher who can't swim. I was like, well, there's your, yeah, checkoffs, whatever yeah. thing. <laughs> um, but when, if you look back even further, you're like, this person has been flagged since the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Like this person is not having healthy, mm-hmm. does not have a healthy relationship to this. Yeah. And it just, it, it like feeds into that or increases it or gives them a space to indulge in it or, you know, doesn't, you know, he can't handle it um and i liked the fact that they showed all these different people like the impact it had over the i mean there is a feminist reading of this film that's like again the emotional labor is for women (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) but i choose to like i choose to say like okay we can accept that that is part of the message of the film too, mm. but it's about these dudes. Yeah. And I'm going to accept it because I'm a Mads fan, yeah. even though I don't want any more media. That's all about wh- white dudes. That's right. okay. Right. Well, <laughs> in the, the scene when, yeah, at the bar, when he meets up with his wife at the restaurant, and I can't remember her name now, I feel like a terrible person. 
And she's like, no, you just need to stop. Yeah. <laughs> like, you need to stop. Like, we're not doing this on your terms. We're going to do this on my terms. And uh, I was like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, the, I mean, and the ending scene was not... It was very ambivalent for me. Mm-hmm. The sort of thing of being like... it, And again... I think a subtlety. It didn't really draw a hard line of like, we're the adults watching the kids seeing what we used to be. And it doesn't really say like, we are these pathetic older people trying to relive our, it's just like sort of sinks them into the moment that's happening in the film without trying to cast any sort of uh, like judgment call. Yeah. On what they're doing. Plus we got to see Mud's dance, which is always great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, heaven. Heaven. They Those legs. So beautifully. <laughs> Just kind of thinking about it for a minute. Mode of silence. Leave us space for respect for men. Let that moment breathe. Do you remember when the like rehearsal gif, the little mm-hmm. rehearsal team came out and like all of Twitter exploded? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a good day. It's a good day. Uh, Guillermo del Toro just tweeted today that they, that he loved this film. Aw, good. For, he has good taste. He has good taste. Yay! Maybe he'll put Mads in a movie at some point. That would be amazing. That would be awesome. Oh my god! Have you guys played Death Stranding? I I haven't. I mean, I watched all of the the sort of uploads on YouTube because I was just like, I'm not gonna play this game. No, they have shared (laughs) the screen uh, uh, of sorts. Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, yeah. So let's bring it to the big one. (laughs) Um, So yes, people who haven't watched it, recommended. I just wanted to touch on, I had brought up the poet Richard uh, Seekin in previous episodes, which I was unaware of the time of his long storied history with, uh, with fandoms. So apparently um, he got into, well, he found out that people, some people think that he wrote his second book, War of the Foxes, as a reaction to Supernatural and or Sherlock. <laughs> And reference, I see his, now that I know who yeah. he is, see his poetry referenced constantly in fanfic. Yeah, I see constantly. it all over the place. I and had never he, heard of him before. I saw your show notes. Well, I would recommend, uh, particularly Crush is really good. Um, and he was like, cool, I'm, I'm all for this and started like reading and I think possibly writing. Wow. Fanfic in these, and this is from about five years ago. Um, so. I was like, oh yeah, because he had an, I uh, put it here, he had a Tumblr. Did I put the uh, hourly no. seeking bot or that was you? That was me. And um, there's about seven fanable accounts that follow it. And it's an hourly just post bot of his poems. Yes. Which is kind of fabulous. Yes. Um, and it looks like he had a stroke last year because mm-hmm. there's a GoFundMe and mm-hmm. then I couldn't find anything else about him. So I don't know. Yeah, what's I think going he's been on. kind of inactive since yeah. that happened. But it was just funny because I had just happened to read a series of fanfics, some of them Hannibal, all with like secret poetry referenced. And I was like, oh, like who's this guy? And then I, I don't even know. I was looking something up and found this article. It's like, oh, I didn't know. Oh, it was because I listened to the. Um, decoder ring about uh, the John Locke ship oh. and ended up looking some stuff up and finding this article and not realizing. And I just, I mean, in a way it's great. I like that collapsing of mm-hmm. things of, you know, the um, the people who there's sort of like the 
I don't want to call it approved art, the what is accepted mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. in traditional art circles and what is being fan made mm-hmm. and how those can crisscross. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really great. But yeah, I recommend him, uh, his poetry cool. particularly. Yeah, Crush is really good. Um, I think, Justin, did you find the, or who found the Hannibal Lo-Fi Beats to Catch the Chesapeake Ripper too? That was YouTube recommending something. <laughs> Like, you know, Justin probably enjoy this. <laughs> yep. It's an intersection of two things he's, it is, he's watched much of. It is chill. Past. It is hip-hop. It is lo-fi beats. It is a oh, really God. cute animation of Will Graham. <laughs> I guess desk. he's studying case notes, I guess. And occasional lightning flashes where you can see the raven stag out the window. <laughs> it's so good. I will note to you, though... Mm-hmm. that the artist responsible for that YouTube video, which I like very much, mm-hmm. and their art's very great, has been accused of being an anti and has been blocked by what? some section of the artist world. Yeah, they're, oh, I, I don't know, but their art is still good. And uh, I can't, I couldn't find um, like what co- was the call out, what they yeah. said. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Get, oh God, I don't like drama. I'll have to hit Google and see if I can dig anything up. Yeah, yeah, check into it. Uh, but I, yeah, I had, I, I realized I had stopped following Woods JPEG on Twitter because someone had said like, oh, they said this thing. Mm-hmm. I hadn't blocked them, so I obviously didn't think they were so bad. Yes. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, I, I, there's more to the story, I'm sure. But just watch the YouTube video and like yeah. it; it's great. Yeah, at least check it once. At so least you can see it. Um, I'm gonna put up a link to uh, a friend of mine who does uh, has been it getting into working out and does like the body whatever classes found a video and this person is not a Hannibal or a Hannibal fan not a Hannibal um, but it is a body combat class which body combat is one of those like copyrighted workout okay. where you're kind of doing like a cardio workout but with like kind of combat moves in uh-huh. it the class uh- is happening in Indonesia and they're doing it to Lacrimosa <laughs> And it's kind of amazing. I rec- I'm going to put the YouTube link in. I recommend watching it because when you're watching it, the person in the front like left is into it. It is great. Um, and Lacrimosa was used in season one, episode seven, uh, which is Sorbet, when Hannibal is sadly waiting for Will, who missed his appointment. And then I think he drives Will down to Wolf Trap. And I recently saw a revitalization of the, the what map. the hell is up <laughs> with the distances in Hannibal. And I'm like... This is my hill. <laughs> we are going to do the live drive someday. Oh, yeah. We'll do That's got to Oh, I will go. I want to go. Come on, <laughs> well, we'll stop and pick you up because it's along the way. Yes. It is. Very long path to, from Baltimore to Wolf Trap. Yes. Oh, my God. To Guadalco to back. It's going to take maybe an entire weekend. Maybe an entire weekend. weekend. <laughs> Depends on traffic. Because I commented on it, was like, yeah, and then like I have gotten stuck on the DC Beltway at midnight on a summer day because they're doing construction yes. work. Yeah, like three hours. Oh, I've gotten trapped on ninety five uh, at one o'clock in the morning on my way home from BWI. Yeah, because they're doing construction. Where mm-hmm. like it's one o'clock in the morning. Why am I sitting still on a highway? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're like I thought I was in the clear. I want that episode where Hannibal's just like, God damn it, I'm going to go see Will. And then he's like sitting on 95. It's just basically Locke. <laughs> yes, it is, it is Locke. You could do a whole video just like the uh, the lo-fi beats to catch the Chesapeake. Just Hannibal lo-fi. driving. 
Lo-fi means to sit in your car in traffic <laughs> on, 19, on the beltway. Going, going to wolf trap. To find your errant patient you're in love with. Yes. <laughs> That's it. That's yeah, happening. Let me put it this way. If you're making that drive, you got to be in love with somebody because... Yeah. Oh my God. I used to be in love with someone who lived in... Um, Dale City when I lived in Arlington and like that's oh. not even a part of what they were doing yeah. <laughs> like, it was a horrible time because I really wanted to see him oh bless uh, his heart I, I made ridiculous drives for people that I had a thing for so yeah we feel ya we feel ya Hannibal yeah. um, the last link I have here for this part is um, to the Instagram of the Italian fashion designer uh, Andrea Grossi uh, who and also there'll be a link to his statement about his season two lookbook, uh, which is this. Um, did you all look? Did you check this? I link? Didn't, I missed that link. I didn't figure out how to get to what I needed to get to, but I was also at work, so. Um, so is a young Italian designer who is doing incredible work with uh, leather in these suits. Some of them printed, and also doing a lot of. Um, I think. Um, uh, not lace work, like I think computer assisted, like using it to cut mm, patterns and stuff. Mm -hmm. Some of it printed though to look like the person's wearing a suit of skin almost. Uh huh. And also very cyber. There's some very cyberpunk pieces. Um, and he, like Attack on Titan. I have not seen Attack on Titan. I've only oh. seen ads. It has the, the musculature. Yes. Printed on it. But oh, some yeah. of it is very cyberpunk in that it's this sort of biomechanical look. Mm. Um, and it was interesting because there was a Facebook group called Attire's Mind, which is about fashion in a certain, I would call it, uh, fashion is kind of a statement. Mm -hmm. And the person who runs it was like, this isn't really my taste, but this person is obviously trying to say something with the work that they're doing. And it was really interesting to read the comments to see how some people were like, this is disgusting. People made Silence of the Lamb references. People were like, this person's, see, you know, by putting, taking a suit of leather that looks like it is made of a skin of a white person and putting it on a model who is black. Yeah. There, you know, to me, it is a commentary about the way that black people have to move through the world, you know, like in, in a, you know, in this, like, in a skin of whiteness. Right. Um, and, you know, I said the same, I was like, this really reminds me a lot of like cyberpunk stuff, which does seem a lot of his inspiration comes from some, uh, I think, uh, possibly like science fiction books or something like that. So. Like a biggest physical manifestation of code switching. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was real. I'm going to put the link in if anybody's listening to this. I highly recommend I'm like a fashion moron. So I'm, I appreciate it, but I am also like, I don't really like, like the high fat. Sometimes I look at it and I'm like, I just have to appreciate it for the shapes and the colors uh -huh. and stuff like that. That's, that's all you need. I think. Yeah. But it's uh, it was really cool, and he's very young and his twenty his mid twenties. Oh my! Uh, sorry, I just got to the season one lookbook. <laughs> <laughs> Is it all the stuff with the crazy out to the side like pants yeah. that look like the, um, like the I guess seven late seventeen hundreds panties? Is that what it's called? Mm. But they're pants mm. out of leather. It's pretty cool. Mm. 
It's very cool. I mean, you know, we're watching Hannibal. We obviously like some ridiculous fashion. Absolutely. Together. Um, so after all those links, we're into our general part where we can just generally discuss things. So I wanted to ask Kim, what were your, uh, what are your, some of your favorite parts from the show? Oh my gosh. I should have prepared better. <laughs> prepared better. It's hard once you go, like you watch the show the first time and you're like, oh crap, this is aesthetically pleasing. This is so well written. I have a new fascination with these actors. And then you, like, if you're the kind of person that goes fandom on it, you go like and read about it and read people's thoughts mm-hmm. about it and enter into the whole discourse of like what it means and what it's for and why we like it so much. And then you don't have the same relationship with it that you would have just as an appreciator, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I I really enjoy the dialogue and the writing. Like, uh, it's it's subtle enough. And I know that in fandom, we're all like, oh, when, you know, Hannibal gave well this look, it was so obvious that they're <laughs> in love and da-da-da-da-da. But, like, I, say, I like to keep in mind the normal person watcher of the show <laughs> when I'm appreciating it. If that makes any sense. Um, you know, there's still people out there who are like, they're not gay. What are you talking about? Um, but uh, not that person. I'm not keeping that yeah. person in mind. That person can go fuck themselves. Word. Um, like that one I, quote I had from the person who watched The Untamed with like their grandma who a couple days later or their mom was like, um, they're in love, right? Because friends don't look at friends like that. <laughs> yes. You know, like, and, and that's why I said it applies to Hannibal. Yep. <laughs> Um, the, I, the, it reflects in the kind of fix I like about it, the, the intellectual approach of what, how can we possibly comprehend a monster that's also an esthete? Mm-hmm. Um, and that has so many fascinating things about them. Um, because if you're, if you're like me and you're into that sort of true crime aspect of it and you, and you're watching, um, what was the show that was on Netflix with um, that was about the profilers that was based on the John Douglas book? I'm bad at remembering. Uh, the one you I oh, uh, Mind Hunter. Mind Hunter, right? So, yeah. like, you watch Mind Hunter and you're watching them recreate these interviews with these people who are just horrific, and then you watch Hannibal and you love this evil motherfucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. I just love getting into why we love evil motherfuckers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and why Brian would create, uh, would take what Harris wrote. And I haven't read those books in literally over 20 years and I plan to go back. Right. But, um, and just, just make them so compelling, attractive and fascinating because real monsters aren't, aren't compelling, compelling, attractive and fascinating. Right. Um, so I I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I That's totally okay. get it though. I mean, I think it's because when you're dealing with fictional characters like that, and I mean we talked about it before, you're in the realm of like the vampire, the the Luciferian character that Hannibal is. It's like there's some they hold some power and and secret of what's in the darkness. And <laughs> cat butt <laughs> mom cat has also entered cat into butt. the podcast oh that cat it looks like that cat could have come out of my house into your house we also have a great cat butt 
there'll be a screen capture uh, for, the, <laughs> yeah. for the audience <laughs> for eternity. Thank you, Justin. Um, She's showing us her butt. Just you make have sure to she respect that. Make sure she doesn't step on the laptop. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I I think so. There's yeah, there's like that sort of dark sexuality kind of thing going on, but there's also that thing that I think Brian Fuller really brought to the fore of um, of Hannibal Lecter, which is like we are the weirdos, mister. Like, like it's good to be weird. It's fine to be weird. And, um, I'm walking around with this trauma and, um, guess what? I'm alive. Like I'm a fucking survivor Mm -hmm. and this is how I'm surviving and I'm not going to be ashamed about it. Um, and that's what really draws me to Hannibal Lecter. And you're right. When you look at in real life, serial killers, none of that is there. Um, right. I mean, yeah. this this character came out of a time when the world was first, like, coming to terms with the concept of a serial killer, mm-hmm. and all of the media that, and things that cropped up, this, it, it was born in the 70s, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we now know that actually, what the FBI was doing then, even though they had success with it, is kind of magic. Like, I know you guys might, like, of whatever that profile that that really bad profiler show is that's been on the air for a thousand years mm-hmm. bless your heart Paget Brewster I love you but <laughs> that show is kind of garbage <laughs> um but you know that stuff doesn't work right. <laughs> um it's not real right. um so but there's something beautiful and magical and throwbacky about that about psychology that, that kind of psychology and that kind of belief in when we were bridging from psychoanalysis over into con- what we consider the contemporary science of psychology. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, like, there's a magic about understanding the human mind that's super sexy and exciting for people like me. Yes. You know what I mean? I absolutely know what you mean. I was also thinking it's like that dichotomy fascination with somebody who is so outside the bounds of what we dis- we think is acceptable. Mm-hmm. Like somebody who has gone past all of our civilized quote unquote rules and is doing something horrific and something that people may entertain thoughts of at a time and who's willing to, to, to transgress transgress like that but at the same time is also upholding these incredibly like refined ideas of you know how we should operate like it's the thing where like Hannibal has money and he has style and he has refinement and all this stuff in a in a way that goes like that old European money way that's been really held up as this kind of fucked up ideal right and it's sort of this pinnacle of, you know, how, what we should strive to be. Yet at the same time, he's also this fucking horrific person. And I think that that the the balance between the two of those and the tension between the two of them is like what's so amazingly fascinating. Right. And like, there's there's a certain amount of like, uh, what was that horrible word that that horrible person on Twitter coined of like, I'm a sapiosexual. Um, a lot of this show is like sapiosexuality. Like these yeah. two guys are the smartest guys in the room yeah. and in the world. And 
oh, it's uh, you know that's very attractive, but I'm not a sapiosexual because that word is gross. Well, it's, a, it's a definitely a sign of like competence porn where you're like, I like it to smart people, porn, right? Things. Yeah, that's exactly what yeah. it is. Will has a magic power. Yeah, that's intellectual. Yeah, his empathy, his his empathy power, and Hannibal has a magic power that's European and evil. <laughs> He's Lucifer. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, so yeah, that is, that's the source of why I find this character so fascinating. Great. And of course, uh, if you've known me my whole life, you've known I was like a vampire LARPer and I love vampire stuff. And I took vampire studies when it was offered at my dumb college. Like, so obviously I'm the target audience. So. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm having a new socialist reading of vampires of how they're the bourgeoisie and they're like sucking mm. the life out of the working class. I get it. I'm supposed to like werewolves now, but whatever. <laughs> what? Wait, there's werewolf discourse too? Well, <laughs> that was off the cuff, but there might be. I'm sure there is. Like, wait, let's pause. There obviously is. <laughs> <laughs> but there's the whole vampire werewolf thing, Amy, you know, right? And it, it's all classism. Sorry, I'm pointing out the window to the dog that we call Ranger's nemesis because he kind of looks like Ranger, but <laughs> even cuter. Oh. It's like a big flopsy terrier mix dog. So, Oh, guys, <laughs> I'm in the process of adopting a dog from uh, Kuwait. There's a local Baltimore adoption place called Wings of Love Kuwait where, because in Kuwait, I guess the dog culture is not like this is part of your family and you keep them forever. It's like, oh, this dog is not useful to us. We throw it out on the street. Yeah. So... They bring dogs from Kuwait to the Baltimore area um, for rescuing, and uh, I, I I don't have a like deep analysis of that, but um, I applied, and uh, we're hoping to get this dog from Kuwait, but because of COVID, they can't transport as many dogs. But I'm gonna name her Misha when she gets. Oh, we want pictures. Okay, <laughs> we demand an update. I hope, I mean, uh, I, I'm kind of like, they. we thought she was coming in December. It's been months. Of, oh, yeah. And all my friends are like, just get a regular dog. What are you doing? And I'm like, no, now I fell in love with her and renamed her. So, mm, sorry, yeah, yeah, it's over. All it's over. over. Sorry, I derailed us. Um, werewolf discor- discourse. Vampires, <laughs> werewolves. Bourgeoisie. Well, all the classic monsters go in in cycles and they kind of relate to whatever is going on in society. So you'll see like, uh, you'll see, you'll, you'll, you'll see zombies like pop up at certain times of, of uh, certain political climates. Mm-hmm. It's I'm not true. sure what I think werewolves might be one because everyone's kind of been by themselves for a bit. And <laughs> Kind of viewing themselves as a monster sometimes. But but vampires are very, very important to 14-year-old girls. <laughs> yeah, still, yeah. <laughs> all sorts of 14-year-old and, people. And all sorts of 14-year-old people and always will be. Yes. <laughs> that I know. It's yes. <laughs> so, uh, sexy. I don't know why. Um, uh, sorry, yeah, as uh, an Anne Rice original yeah. year old mm. reader. <laughs> That's a ride. Yeah. <laughs> Justin, you're reminiscing on your own Anne Rice and past history. Just what I know from <laughs> from vampires and real people. From, no, it's a ride that ends up in um uh with aliens and uh the Atlantis myth. So there <laughs> no, you go. I don't think I went that far in the Anne Rice. I didn't either, but I hear tell that's where it no. ends up. 
I pieced out at some point. I pieced out after I went to New Orleans and read the um, Witch Trilogy. Mm. Oh, have you guys read that? Yes. I don't mm. think I ever read it. <laughs> and I was like, this is more milk production pornography than I really can handle. <laughs> Um, I gotta go. <laughs> Bye. I think I, I think most people have that Anne point where they're like, "Yeah, you just you do your thing. I'm I'm, I'm done." But but hear me out since we're all talking about Anne Rice and yeah. are familiar. Maz Mickelson as Marius. Mm. <sighs> right. Done. <laughs> Look, he can read the phone book. I don't care a lot. Yeah. <laughs> This is why I podcast with Jen because she's so smart. <laughs> anyway, um, so I was going to say that when so when I started watching before I started watching Hannibal, when I told Jen I was g- going for it, she was like, "I'm gonna." She's like, "I'm gonna just tell you one thing." She's like, "Watch the show with the thought that Hannibal Lecter falls in love with Will Graham the first time he sees him." So I watched it through that entire lens of like, this person is utterly head over heels <laughs> with this other person, which I kind of, in a way, I wish I'd watched it to develop that, but I, I don't know if I could have gone into it. Sorry. No, that's okay. I was I think, one week off of the that's okay. season no. three ender. <laughs> I mean, it was great watching it. Like with that lens, I was like, oh, 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 like, right. look at all that. Whoa. Um, but I don't. I don't know if you could have actually watched it without that that ever coming into your consciousness. Mm-hmm. Consciousness, um, unless you were watching it as it aired, or were like completely unaffected by any sort of modern social, like <laughs> anything. Um, so yeah, I and I, well, I think it was. I, I don't know if it just appealed to my love of super pretentious shit, like. <laughs> Just love. I love super pretentious. It is. Yeah. It's so beautiful. And just the the marriage of all the elements, the dialogue, the sets, the lighting, the food, the co- like everything was so well put together that it's I, just. I will watch. That's how I am. Like when I watch films and TV, like or I read a comic book, right? It's about the art of it, the visual art of it, which obviously there's, you know, when you're watching film or television, there's a sound art to it. There's a visual art to it. There's a writing art to it. There's, it's all the the whole package, but I can't get there if there's not an artistic vision, if Mm. that makes sense, which is why I like Ang Lee films like the ice storm, which is about Mm. like the most depressing shit possible, but you, but it's visually stunning. Yes. So that's why this show was made for me. Side <laughs> note, <laughs> are you a, you like Ice Storm? The Ice Storm, um, the I film? Love I love that film. I love that film. Don't I read the book? I hated the book. Okay. Oh. Yes. The book was too dark. If, without the beauty of the film, mm-hmm. I was not interested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'll also, when you talk about the falling in love aspect, mm-hmm. one of the things about the show is like the constant quest to square the circle of a monster falling in love mm-hmm. because is he a sociopath is he capable of love what is love don't hurt will will yeah. don't hurt him <laughs> um, right. well and i think that's kind of part of the show because i think 
I mean, that is the show. Yeah, but I mean, but like you're saying, watch it as if Hannibal falls in love with Will from the beginning, except that like his concept of how to do that and deal with it is like, it keeps changing. It's real fucked up at first. He's like, I love this person. I need to make him like me or control him put him in prison prison. put him in prison (laughs) where i'll yeah yeah Yeah. and then super sick (laughs) and then just be sad about it be like what happened yeah Yeah, because it's two idiots with deep trauma yeah like trying to figure out what this feeling is Mm -hmm. and yeah of course they're hurting each other they're emotional idiots. They're intellectual giants. Yes. And emotional idiots. Children. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> As often happens to people. <laughs> I have been an emotional idiot. I, yeah, I, I don't too. say I'm an intellectual giant, right. but <laughs> definitely been an emotional idiot. Um, what else was I? Uh, I, I just realized that maybe I should have prepared some questions. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um. Was there anything you didn't like about the show? That's actually something that... Oh, I'll tell you that. That's mm-hmm. a great oh, yeah. question. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I fucking can't stand any moment that Mason Verger is on screen. <laughs> mm. I get... I do not... Like, I walk, walked into the fandom like, hi, guys, I'm in the fandom. And then I found people who are like, Mason's baby. Like, they're... Um. Whatever. And I'm like, no, no, no. No, there's no redeeming anything about this character. Yeah. And that's not the fun part. You know, that, that kind of monster is not as fun for me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's perpetrating the kind of cr- crimes against his sister that, like, are deeply disturbing to me in a way yeah. that for some reason Hannibal killing yeah. people isn't. And <laughs> I don't want to see that, right? So, but it's important. It's an important part of the canon and important part of the show. But, yeah. like... I wonder if in a way it's because, I mean, they always do present, like, Hannibal has his own weird particular moral code, and Mason Mm -hmm. does not have any. Oh, no, he's a pure narcissist, right? Mm -hmm. He's like a pure, the pure sociopathic narcissist who just does things to be cruel. Mm -hmm. And they didn't even, they didn't even get into how bad he is compared to the books. Yeah. Like, they glossed over some stuff big time. Right. Yeah. So that, so that is part, that is a part that I do not enjoy. Mm-hmm. And, 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 but it, it, but I recognize it as a part of the show that I'm mm-hmm. going to have to endure. And in fact, I'm on my, I'm, my rewatch, I'm on season three and I'm like, ah, oh, crap. I have to listen to this asshole talk. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but in the way also it makes his final outcome even more delicious. <laughs> like you're like, fuck yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. That that righteous indignation comes right to the front. Yes. And, and then Marco and Alana got like the happily ever after, at least for now. Yeah. Until season four. <laughs> I mean, they're frowning a lot, but whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, now they have deep trauma that they have to process through their love. So great. Right. Everybody right. wins. I feel like they're going to be better at it than Hannibal and Will, though. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, we've got money and an array of therapists. <laughs> <laughs> let's go um, um how do you how do you guys feel about bedelia's final scene what do you think is happening in that scene <laughs> sorry 
Thank no, you, Rachel. Okay. <laughs> Rachel, an opinion. Oh, I, I think, um, yeah, I think you know she's there. Hannibal and Hannibal and Will are just off screen somewhere, and uh, yeah, like they're about to. The three of them are about to have dinner together, because um, it's definitely taken from um, how Clarice was in Hannibal at the end when Hannibal had her in the house, drugged up, not with her leg cut off, but. Um, I think it's like along the same lines of that. Okay. So you don't think she's being stood up. Oh, did you read it as she did something to herself or had something due to her and sort of issued an invitation for them to join her? Yeah. That's how I, when I watched it the first time I was like, oh shit, you know, she was thought she was going to be part of this family and they're not coming for her. Ah, I haven't read it that way, but no, that's a really interesting way. Yeah. And to be like, did she do this to herself or did she rope somebody into it? Because I'm sure she could be as persuasive. She's as She's so, we don't have, a, in within the canon of the show, we don't have anything for her trauma other than this patient that she killed, right? Mm-hmm. And that's when she started to question her own morality and ability to function and general sanity. But like, you don't see anything done to her other than we know Hannibal manipulated her and mm-hmm. she killed somebody mm-hmm. so for her for for her psychological pathology to offer up her own leg which you assume it's consensual i assumed it was consensual because mm-hmm. she consensually went to italy with hannibal and helped him out and consensually bought him wine the whole time that got him caught and mm-hmm. you know I yeah don't but know. she she got really freaked out though and like she did left yeah and i the other thing about that last scene is like she's really high mm-hmm like she's very drugged. Well, maybe it says something about me that I <laughs> that I read it that way. <laughs> no, but I mean that is an interesting. Like, there's the whole observation participation yes. discussion, yes. and it's like it, it, with what you're saying, Kim. Like, did she finally decide to take the jump? Mm-hmm. She's like, I'm all in, and this is the the only like the way I think I can make that it like yeah I I still read it as Hannibal and Will caught up with her um and I mean from Will's viewpoint too like if Will had gone all in that would have been his first move is to take down Bedelia Mm. yeah I think why because he sees her as competition I mean they had that like salty fuck you thing going on all through season three and she's the only one that really kind of knew exactly the depths of their relationship i don't even feel like will caesar's competition is he just wants to punish her for her audacity yes like he's like i don't think you're you're competing with me but fuck you for trying exactly amy (laughs) because will is all about retribution like Mm. that's his thing and that would have been retribution Mm. yeah um and then i mean you put that with the the scene that was cut out and not put into the ender where they're in the um, Hannibal's Mind Palace mm. in the church together. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? Uh, no. You should <laughs> look it up. So there's another alternate pr- after credits ending to season three where um, Hannibal and Will are sitting in the, um, in the, the church, Chapel. in the Norman Chapel together. I think I've seen it. Yeah. So they're just like sitting there. I think they both have their eyes closed and they're just like. Sitting in the sun. Sitting together. <laughs> 
in the beautiful light. Um, which, yeah, I kind of like that ending better. But. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've seen also people speculate that I think it shows a shot of the clouds before it goes to them. Mm-hmm. And people have pointed out that whenever you see those establishing shots that show like the cloud movement or light movement, those are actually happening. So some people have theorized that that is actually them in the Norman Chapel and not just in Hannibal's Mind Palace. Well, this is oh, a Oh, wait a minute. Really? Yeah. I'll have to rewatch it and make just sure it blew it's my that. mind, Amy. Hopefully I, I didn't just lead you wrong. If I fucked up a theory or a point or the scene, like, Someone I apologize. Someone listening to the podcast right now like, you guys are so fucking wrong. Well, they can email us or comment on our Tumblr about it. We will interact. Please let us know. But this is all a testament to how much we were robbed of when we didn't get the full seven season vision. Yes. Because I, you know, I came away thinking that I wasn't entirely sold on Will's ability to let go of his own moral compass and his own, um, um, I'm having word problems, Mm -hmm. like his moral rectitude. Mm -hmm. And even though he at that point has murdered people and eaten people and he's like there, but I still think like to, he has not said like, I want to be like this guy Mm -hmm. and I want whatever I want regardless. And other human beings are pigs, you know, just like Mm -hmm. worthless non-entities to me. Like Mm -hmm. Will Graham is not there. Yeah. Well, I wonder if it's a thing too. Like they say that, Hannibal is set up as, I see myself as more than human or better than humans or humans are less than me. And I see that Will's style would be more, is not that. Like, I think he's very focused and and very particular about these things. Like for him, it wouldn't be like, oh, I'll just kill somebody because they're, they're like an animal uh, and they're there for me to use. I mean, his would be very, like, it would be personal <laughs> with well, Will Graham. That's my favorite genre of fan fiction is people trying to get Will through that mm. piece and and people trying to figure out what will's willing to do like mm-hmm. and that that i i'm obviously i talk about psychology a lot but like that kind of like inner life stuff is what mm-hmm. i love to read about people's mm-hmm. like well-written um concepts of how will is views his own becoming quote unquote mm-hmm. Hmm. how many years later we can still talk about it oh my gosh we could do this for a long time um which is that's why, why we start oh god be like involved in slicing bedelia's leg off because he sees her as a human being mm-hmm. yeah i i just i always we've talked about how we need to have an entire episode about bedelia yeah i really do <laughs> want to have a whole bedelia episode because she's amazing gillian anderson is amazing as bedelia i yeah but just well, like i think brian had said that he was always like she's the smartest person in right the whole she's book. the truth teller she's dropping truth bombs left and right <laughs> and i think i heard when i i think i read that while i was watching and so like you came at it with uh this as i'm watching the show as them falling in love I watched the show as Bedelia is actually smarter than them. Mm. And that is why I was completely sold on the idea that that final scene was consensual because Bedelia is too smart to let that shit happen to her. Mm. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just took what Brian said at his word that she's the smartest one in the room. Mm -hmm. 
Like I, so I was like, if she's the smartest one in the room, she wants this because otherwise she wouldn't have let it happen. Yeah. But she got herself into some deep water in Italy. Like she barely escaped. Truth. Yeah. I mean, she was playing with fire and then she's like, oh shit. I could also see that as a scene as they did it to her. And she's obviously anticipating what comes next. And I could see it as they just pieced out. Like they got her all <laughs> set. She's like, I am behind the veil. I am a part of this thing in whichever way that I am a part of it. And they like get her totally to that point where she expects everything. And then they just leave. Oh my God. Exactly. Like, like now. <laughs> They're like, oh, you lost your leg. Too bad we're leaving. Sorry. You know? Yes. Which I mean would be a great way to set up. If if there's more, like how to work Bedelia into it in a way, right? Like, because if you did it that way, what would be cool is the next scene is like Jack Crawford and the FBI busting in and finding her, right? And, and using her to like find them in a revenge tactic yes. or something like that. Oh no, I would love to have more Bedelia, and if the show came back, uh, praying to uh, the gods of whatever. <laughs> kind of sigils and satanic <laughs> I can do interpretive right dances <laughs> interpretive dances um because I'm sorry I, I went and watched American Gods and I like it but like I want Brian Fuller to be working on it. <laughs> yeah well and he said I think he's completely out of TV he's writing some movies now um he's developing some movie scripts and he's not going back to television ever unless it's Hannibal because of the shit that's happened to him yeah you know I it's still a miracle know. this show got put on a network anyway. It's such like, a miracle. I'd like to see what he does for a ending show. He's never gotten there, I, I, I don't think. He never had yeah. a show wrapped up. Yeah, he's never had a show that's wrapped up. But we know he's good at endings because he'll do them like prematurely. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Like, he, he knows, what, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and they said the Several same they, <laughs> they set up season one and season two not thinking they were going to get renewed. Yeah. And even though they thought they were going to get renewed with season three, they still managed to do it in a way no, that... You might have, you might have with the original, with uh, Voyager or Deep mm. Space Nine, you oh. might have been involved with those endings. I don't, but he wasn't a showrunner or anything. It wasn't, he was just a it wasn't his show, yeah. yeah. Um, one yeah. Last, can I say one last thing about Bedelia? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, bring it back to what I was saying about the 70s and like psychology and the way we think about therapy like I the another thing that I do love and also get frustrated by is that um this this kind of thing is all rooted in this very psychoanalytical person lying on the couch like mystical version of what we think therapy is and I do hate to have that like perpetuated because that's not what therapy is anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, and like people don't seek therapy. Like I work in mental health profession as a psychiatric nurse. So like, I really want people to seek therapy, but then stuff like this does set the concept of therapy back a little bit. <laughs> so I just want to say for the record, this is fantastical therapy. Yeah. If, you, <laughs> if you think therapists act like this, they don't always yeah. we're, we're never going to have that uh telehealth sponsor are we yeah <laughs> no. oh the something talk i can't remember the name you're on it. like all half the podcast I, I love that it's available for people yes. oh my god <laughs> somebody has to write like an alternative universe where hannibal's on telehealth oh and he starts therapy with will like 
in quarantine. <laughs> Provided that we don't hate the person who did the um, did the YouTube uh, beats. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think uh, Hannibal telehealth beats. <laughs> Dr. Lecter. Yeah. Dr. Lecter chill I just need to, to read that fanfic. Sorry, that just for some reason reminded me of uh, re- like of the maybe three um, Sleepy Hollow fics that I read. Uh-huh. One was like Ichabod's like relationship with the Siri, or not the Siri, but the um, the OnStar like oh, person who yeah. he literally calls OnStar to like get information and ends up having like a personal relationship with the person like <laughs> That he talks to. No, that would be great. We have to tweet about. It. Maybe we can get somebody to write it. That would be great. Didn't we also have a Ren Fair AU we wanted yeah. or something? You know, we've requested so many of this. Yes. <laughs> we did get the one. I reread it where it was the snow. Yeah, stuck in the snow yeah, in Baltimore. That was good. <laughs> yep. 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 Oh no! Is they have to spend the night together in the office because it oh, snowed no. in Baltimore. Nobody can drive anywhere. What a tragedy! what will happen (laughs) Uh, but I think in a way like presenting that old school style of what psychotherapy is is like kind of creates the the very stylized sense of the whole show absolutely absolutely and the whole like everything in the um in the Baltimore Institute criminally insane, blah, 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 blah oh all these God. words. Like, B-S-C-H-I-S. I mean, that is so, yeah, not uh, how it is. I've worked in a state psychiatric facility, and I'm going to tell you, they don't have a room like that. They just don't. Yeah. <laughs> I've worked in a Maryland state psychiatric <laughs> <laughs> We have an expert, folks. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm right there, and uh, I don't think that room exists. Actually, there are a lot of really interesting old buildings uh, as part of state psychiatric facilities all over mm-hmm. the country, but especially in Maryland. So mm-hmm. um, the idea that it's in a crazy looking old building is, is, is very on point. Mm-hmm. There's a documentary I haven't watched yet about one of the last uh, specifically black um, institutions. Yeah. That's in Maryland. Hmm. What was it? What was the name of it again? Crownsville. Uh, yes. It's on, it's actually, I think you can watch it for free on Amazon prime. Hmm. I think it's on Tubi also. Um, it's quite good. Give it a try. It's closed. Crownsville has been closed for a while. Yeah. Is that the one that's really like enough, by yeah. Renfair? It's the one by Renfair, yeah. Okay. So if you're in Maryland and you're going to our Renaissance Festival, you drive through the grounds of an institution. Like, yep. And uh, I was also, we talked about this in the past, like what the hospital that Abigail is in, I always took to be... What's, what's the, oh, the Ellicott t- City one? Shepherd Pratt. Shepherd Pratt. Pratt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shepherd Pratt is actually um, still in a Thomas Story Kirkbride building. Um, which, if you don't know who Thomas Story Kirkbride was, if you've ever seen the movie Session Nine, yeah, um, that was in also in a Thomas Story Kirkbride building. He was a psychiatrist who decided he was going to learn how to be an architect and make therapeutic buildings. They're fireproof. Uh, you know, Victorian era hmm. and so he made them all over the country and they were they were out in the country when they were built mm-hmm. in 18 whatever but um now they're in the middle of cities or in populated areas but um just go down that beautiful wikipedia rabbit hole for yourself <laughs> and also like instagram there's lots of good Kirkbride uh building info I- I found out about them from uh, reading stuff about like urban exploration. Correct. And yes. that's why f- the building that's used in session nine 
I had seen some people's accounts of going there. And I think that has now, it's in what was the original Salem town, Massachusetts. And I think it might now actually be like condos or something. Like I think yeah. they did eventually renovate it. Into- they did. Um, I don't follow too many. I just follow a few Thomas Story Kirkbride Instagram. Um, Cause I find uh, asylum stuff is like my jam. I went and <laughs> saw the one in Oregon, the what's left of the one in Oregon, which has, um, you know, in um, one flew over the cuckoo's nest when the big guy throws that big thing mm-hmm. the, so they can all escape. Um, they have that there because they filmed part of, uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest at the Oregon Kirkbride building. But Shepard Pratt is one of the few in Baltimore is one of the mm-hmm. few that is um, still in operation as a mental hospital. And um, I actually worked at the Shepard Pratt facility that's in Ellicott city, which is another entire story. I don't want to take a whole <laughs> podcast talking about local asylums, but I could. We could do a special episode. Yes. <laughs> It'd be a great Tumblr. Yes. Sorry, Ranger's having like, I think he might need to go out. He's having a lot of opinions. Uh, Well, and we've talked about like, you know, all the stuff like that's written, you know, it's set locally. And for anybody who lives locally, the show, as immersive as it is, you get taken out of it occasionally because you're like, I think that's supposed to be this. I think that's supposed to be that. Like all these things, you know, this isn't a realistic possibility. There's no tunnels in Baltimore. Right. You've heard the or tunnel theory, they, right? right? The underground I've tunnel theory. The tunnel theory. <laughs> but there are tunnels. All under Federal Hill. We've talked about this. Oh, that's like a um, because it was like storage for ammunition or something. It's not like well, yeah, occasionally they collapse, but no, they're not under all of Baltimore. Part of Baltimore is over the water. It's not real, right? Uh, it's going to be wet down there. Yes. So, is there anything like was there anything particular that you wanted to talk about, or? Oh gosh. Well, I did want to talk, I did want to say I've been watching The Path. Mm-hmm. Have you guys watched The Path? I watched season one, and I think you watched I have watched seasons? all of it. Uh, I've not watched all of it. I'm in season two somewhere. Okay. okay. At the very beginning of season two. But I have to tell you, like, when I got into this fandom, I was like, you, Nancy? Well, I don't care. <laughs> well. No, you care a lot. I found out how to care. <laughs> Cut that hair short and buff him up a little bit. Take oh, really? That did it for you, huh? I care a lot now. <laughs> I was like, you know, people would, people always show on Twitter these like old pictures of him and he's this like fairy folk yes. god person that's yeah. like so perfectly beautiful. And um, I'm like, well, that's cute. Like, first of all, that guy would never have talked to me in high school, college, <laughs> or any, any period of time conceivable. So I'm not like, I can't even relate to liking this guy because... Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, if you were, like, a giant nerd in, in high school and nobody liked you and you wore big, thick glasses of the 80s, you, you kind of are like, nah, let's set our sights in a different place. <laughs> but for some reason, man, Cal Roberts, my man, Cal Roberts. <laughs> what? Hello. <laughs> Welcome. You seem less discriminate. I mean, you seem like you might be interested in recruiting me to your cult. I would Please mail me some pamphlets. Yeah. <laughs> May I have a pendant and just can I, you know, assign me a husband that I, actually I can I actualize myself or whatever it is that they're doing? Climb the ladder. I um I was yeah, I just watched it mainly for Hugh Dancy and I That's I, why was, I watched it. Yeah, and I that that version of Hugh Dancy I was not into. 
Um, All right. What's, what's your favorite who dance scene? <laughs> I kind of like that. I mean, but I tell you the part that I did like about it, and, and it's consistent with, I think, all, so many projects that he's done, um, is he always plays this, like, deeply traumatized, fucked up guy that can't like figure it out in some way. And there's like all this shit happening to him. And I, he did it so well in the path. Like he is so traumatized. And oh like you, you find out more and more and more as the show goes on, like how deep it goes, how bad oh, yeah. it is. And he's so good at doing that type of character um, that it's fascinating to watch him uh, act, yeah. honestly. Um, so that part, and there's, I think there's a part where he gets really covered in blood and has to take a shower, and that was okay. Oh too. yeah, no, I remember that scene. <laughs> yes. I think I it was. Think was cool. <laughs> it's like yeah. yes, thank you. Yes, um, us, us longtime vampire fans and now Hannibal fans do love our blood. <laughs> Will Graham covered in blood is like the best thing ever. I so. mean, I was a vampire, th- and then you know halfway through Hannibal, I was like, do I have a blood kit? Because this <laughs> is like real hot. Right. Somebody's got blood in their teeth. I'm like, mm. oh, what's oh. this? Mm. New to me. Um, Insert that community gif of the dean just being like, oh. <laughs> if you know, you know. Yes. yes. <laughs> we, know. we do know. We do know. Is this awakening um, something in me? Yeah, so I, I ended up liking the path more and more, like as the seasons went on, um, and I think he did amazing work in it. Um, so yeah, it's definitely like worth a watch. Yeah, as someone who comes from the Teen Wolf fandom, where like the ostensible talent of the cast is debated, <laughs> <laughs> um, I love Tyler Hecklin as Superman. He's great, mm-hmm. but. Don't go in too far into his back catalog, is all I'm saying. <laughs> Don't watch his episodes of Seventh Heaven, is what I'm saying. Well, I guess uh, that's, like, I haven't watched a lot of Hugh Dancy stuff, and I think part of it, and I think he has, I don't know if he said this or it's acknowledged that, like, he gets, he, I think he got stereotyped into the attractive British. He doesn't have a choice. Yeah, doing a lot of period dramas. Right. Well, and he took, I think he tried to take the the career pathway that um, uh, Dan Stevens is also doing because Dan <gasps> Stevens almost got yeah. hooked into the same, like, we're going to put you in period pieces. And, and then he was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do weird shit mm-hmm. and get my American accent down. And like, Legion. yeah, yeah, I fucking love Legion. <laughs> I still haven't finished it, but I still fucking love it. And Dan Stevens. Either, but I love it. Yeah, Dan Stevens is amazing in that, and he's an amazing actor, and I think Hugh Dancy kind of did the same thing. Like, I can't keep doing British drama. <laughs> I can't do another Jane Austen. Because I'm never going to get cast in anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, no. Yeah. And he's just, he's just too smart and too good of an actor to be stuck in that. And he was good when we saw him. Hmm? The, the play we saw him in. Oh, what was the play we saw him in? It starts with an A. him in a play? Yeah, we went to New York and we saw him in a play on stage. He's a real guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm like literally watching him on stage being like, he's a real fucking person. I saw Eddie Izzard in, um, in a play on Broadway oh, a wow. long time ago. Um, and it was, uh, I'm not going to remember the name of it, but he played uh, a, a part of a couple that had a child that was autistic. And it was like, we, we were like, my, you know, my friends and I, we're all going to go see this play. It's Eddie Izzard. He's a comedian. Uh, she's a comedian and like we 
sit down and it's the saddest shit you've ever seen for oh, two hours. No. Well, and we it's like, like are definitely able to bring the devastation into whatever they're acting in. Oh my god. Like they, yeah. they have like yeah. no fear about like I'm just gonna be you very raw in this and like you're not yeah. fucking traumatized. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember how to pronounce it, but we saw it was an apology apologia? Oh apologia. Which yeah. is like about fucked up family dynamics. Yeah, fucked up family dynamic shit. And yeah, it was really kind of sad and stuff. But good. Um, and yeah, I was just like... One of my favorite things that he's ever done, and somebody put this up on YouTube, is um, the the play Venus and Fur that he did yeah. with um, his his wife in Hannibal. I can't remember the actress's name, but... Oh, Molly Graham. Molly. Um, it's a really good play, and he's amazing in it. Cool. Yeah, yeah. no, I want to see that. I wish I could... Yeah. It's a I fan think, shot vid, but um, I will try yeah. and find the link and send it to you. I've seen, definitely, I've seen GIFs or like little snippets from it because people are super into it uh, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Because um, it's very sexy. It uh, is, but it's also, uh, uh, it's hard to talk about without giving away stuff, so I won't. But yeah. there's, other, there, there's other merits to that than just Hugh Dancy being tied to a pole. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. You can start with the tie to the pole and then move straight on to other things. Yes. Well, that actually brings something, uh, something happened to me last week where, you know, I'm going down the rabbit hole of like uh, careers and Mats was in a play uh, called Paradise in mm -hmm. Denmark a million years ago in the 90s, right? And there's like little gifts showing up here and there from it or pictures showing up from it. Um, and the whole thing is not on YouTube, but there's like a nine minute clip. And what you see in the gifts that people are showing, like, oh, my God, look how sexy Mads is. He's got this long hair. It's the 90s. He's got these tattoos painted on. People should content warning this fucking play, okay? Oh, I've seen people mention content warning. Yeah. It is brutal. A sexual mm -hmm. assault is, that is perpetrated by Mads' character mm -hmm. is I I was like... Oh, I, I needed a con like I'm not a big I'm not good at content warning for people, but I was mm -hmm. like, ah ah. So if you're yeah. out there and someone says, oh, he was in this play of Paradise. There's nine minutes of the video on YouTube, or you find it yourself. Just please, guns, sexual assault. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Um. It looked amazing. It looked very interesting. Like whatever it was about, which looked like it was probably about hell. Mm -hmm. Um. Because you can't, uh, it's, despite the fact that, yes, ever since August, I've been learning Danish. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It happens. It scrapes up on you. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, it's keeping me busy during the pandemic. Yeah, there you go. Um, I couldn't really understand the Danish. Like, Danish, you can, like, get very far on Duol Duolingo and still understand nothing a Danish person says. Yeah, yeah. So, um yeah, I did not, I couldn't understand what they were saying, but like, wow, I wouldn't ask anyone to watch it to translate, even though I've like, know people who know Danish and speak it natively. I mm. like, no, I can't. So that's a bad thing that happened to me lately. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I oh, think I had good. seen it with the people being like, oh, uh, be prepared if you watch this. And I was like, I'm not in that place right now. No, no. I, I, but, but the reason I ended up watching it is because somebody was like, oh, here's the, like, oh. they didn't content warning it. No. Fuck. And also using GIFs and that and pictures that were like, oh, that's questionable to like leave out there. And here I am like, mm -hmm. wait, I can't say that because I don't want to be an anti, but like, 
that's not hot for everybody, guys. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's like tag right. your shit. Tag your shit. Right. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Tag yeah. your shit. Yeah. Um, apropos of nothing else other than um, continuing to talk about the the wonderful and amazing cast and creators of Hannibal. Uh, did you guys listen to Brian on the King cast? I listened to like about 15 minutes of it and then I still have the rest to finish. Okay. It was like rapid fire, Brian Fuller, like (laughs) unloading his brain. It's been (laughs) freaking fantastic. Um, He's now been, he's now done two. He did recently, they released an episode he did about Christine. Oh, okay. I've only started the first one. And an episode about Christine, the Salem's lot one was like God tier discourse yes um about queer issues in stephen king universe and uh i haven't listened to the christine one yet but i can't wait are these are they understandable if you are not a stephen king fan i am not a stephen king fan but i've been around enough people that are that Mm -hmm. i get it Mm -hmm. have you seen Um, the movies mm, like did you see not no actually cemetery no i haven't okay not a big horror person yeah, if you're like, I love Brian Fuller and I want to hear what he has to say, then there's more than enough for you there. Okay, cool. You know? <laughs> it is, yeah, Don't nonstop have to Brian Fuller. Because <laughs> I do love hearing people go on about the things that they love. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, it's such a like nebulous thing to just talk about Hannibal and sort of. I feel like we've done done a lot, and I also feel like like you need to come back on the yes. podcast, like. <laughs> Feel free to come back. Oh my please. God, please back. We'll come pick you up. <laughs> yeah, we're picking you up. Get in the car. We're going podcasting. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. I'm trying to work it out. Get in, loser. We're going murder husbanding. <laughs> Something like that. We'll, we'll figure it out by the time we get. By the time we do it, we'll workshop this. I feel like we need to like decorate the car like people do when they're going to like spring break or after you get married or graduate from school. Yeah, we're not going to get pulled over for decorating yeah, yeah, the car yeah, and no, murder no. husbands. And having podcasting equipment and cameras yes. all over the car. Hey, come on. Like, I watch all this, like, Korean variety where people have, like, eight GoPros in a car. Oh, my God. How do they? I don't even know. But sometimes, occasionally, you do see the camera person hunkering down in a backseat trying not to be <laughs> under, seen. Under a blanket, yeah. Yes, like, they've got a coat thrown over their I heads. It's weird. It'd be weirder of, like, who's the stranger in the car? Yeah. <laughs> Are they an Uber? <laughs> <laughs> Ubar, <laughs> not being a flula. Um, well, then, if we were done with that part, we we're done. Our general Hannibal flailing. Ah, oh, yes. Insert the Kermit the Frog <laughs> <laughs> flailing gif. Um, so yeah, we had we asked for if you had any recommendations for anything you like Hannibal or otherwise, and there is uh, some. Starts with two fix and then a red bubble link. So what are these three things? Okay. So these are just things I read recently that I found five minutes before we got on this call. That's cool. Um, but I read um, a fic called Two Headed Boy um, by Strange Stories. That's from like 2018 or 15 or something. It's old. But I thought it was really, really good. Best tag. Entirely too many tense breakfast scenes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love me a tense breakfast. <laughs> Always the morning after you do something new with your murder husband, <laughs> you got to have a tense breakfast. Um, and then uh, I just discovered the Quicksilver series, which is not murder. Oh, but it's so is, good. Um, is so good. But it's, it actually, I would never have read this 
because it says it's like a role play um, capture. And I was, I mean, like, I'm not about that life, but this is so good. And it's gender fluid will. And I wanted gender fluid will really bad. Uh, and uh, I love it by the sea voices and we conquer at dawn. And then um, one of my new fandom friends uh, is a Danish artist named Gravpest. G-R-A-V-P-E-S-T, link in show notes, I assume. Yep. Um, and I linked their Redbubble shop because A, I love them and they're so cool and nice. And B, I, it's, I'm in a private chat for just goth fans of Hannibal. If you're like trying to live that elder goth or <laughs> new goth lifestyle <laughs> and you just want to talk about how you painted your furniture black or um, what corset you bought or what boots you think you should get, then uh, we have the we have the uh, Hannah Goths <laughs> chat. Excellent. And it's like really hard because we're all in different time zones. So it's like I'll be getting up and going to work and everyone's like well long past gone to bed or whatever. So I'm like, hi guys, I have gothic content. Seriously. <laughs> I don't have a lot of gothic content in my life, except for the Washington Post article that I reposted, which was about like oh. how the goth scene can give a guide that. to aging. I was we, like, we, you know, like everyone they're talking yeah. about, and like everyone in the picture I know personally. Yes, we're like, yeah. everyone. But we're doing it right, so. Apparently, which I said I appreciated the article that Wish It had dug into. It felt to me almost like it was written a little bit stereotypically about the goth scene and not necessarily how people have still maintained that identity while having careers and going to higher education and having families and how ways people like the things I gained from being in the subculture are how I now do these things or am involved with my community or how I'm involved with politics or like maybe that person's PhD actually gets into that stuff but the article sure didn't yeah mm. So I am like, because it was kind of thing where it's like people who are fascinated with death, like are not afraid of growing older. I'm like, could you kind of pull that apart a little bit and like <laughs> talk about it? Um, yay, Hannah Goths. That's cool. Uh, That's excellent crossover. Jen, what have you got here? Um, uh, well, first of all, uh, during the pandemic, I've been buying fancy ass bath stuff and lotions and candles for myself. Whereas I got it. into incense. <laughs> Whereas you got into incense. Um, and so I just got these candles that are amazing. And the company is really cool because it's called Boy Smells. Um, and it is uh, started by two gay men who wanted to explore, who wanted to help folks explore like gender fluidity through scents and candles. And they sell underwear. Um <laughs> And their candles are amazing. Um, I just got like a one with like a sandalwood top note and then a frankincense top note one, but they're really complicated. And they're um, beeswax and mostly beeswax, which I really love. Mm, so they're nice. not vegan. Sorry, vegans, but I love a good beeswax candle. Don't they have a whole weed line? They do have a whole weed line. <laughs> I weed line of candles. I don't need that, but um. But yeah, their candles are amazing. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to recommend is this show called The Ghast on Netflix, which is a Korean um, exorcism, demonic story drama with a very hot priest. And that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> <laughs> which then led to me suggesting other 
yeah dramas to jen involving the same hot actor <laughs> now i'm watching like rom-coms which is so not me with the hot priest in it but he's amazing he has and i don't i don't say this lightly maz mickelson level cheekbones so yep. there you go yep <laughs> is that possible it, it is possible it's possible <laughs> he's also got like i think his physique is very similar yeah he's got very long legs and mm-hmm. yeah he's very yeah kim jay wook okay hotness get into it <laughs> also as much as i love all my korean entertainment you get a lot of young people and he is a grown-ass man yeah oh, i love grown-ups yes yeah he's like in his late 30s he's like 39 or something almost 40 um but then when you go back and you look at photos of him when he was young good lord <sighs> good lord what a fairy <laughs> creature and he wore and he like pa- always painted his nails black and wore eyeliner just I think he's in a band in general and is like a, in a rock band kind of thing vibe. And is now is like super artsy. And, and he played Hedwig. Right. Yes. <laughs> in the in the Korean version of Hedwig. So anyway, that's it. I was going to say you might also, I've seen good um, people saying good things about the drama Strange Home, mm. which I think is on Netflix. And also there is one that I think came out last year that um, uh, the guy from Goblin. Yeah. Oh yeah, that guy. The 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 guy who played the Grim Reaper is in. It's called Strangers from Hell, oh. which I think is sort of a psychological, slightly harder drama of like people living together and being. Yeah, yeah. Like the rom com is not my thing, although this the one I'm watching now is. But um, he is was also plays a serial killer in something called The Voice. So that's mm. next on my list because yeah, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> he's playing a serial killer. killer. <laughs> All my interests intersect. <laughs> and glad to have slightly influenced you. You're, you're horrible, Amy. Yeah, yeah. Jen was like, I'm watching this thing and this guy's in it. And I was like, well, let me tell you about him. <laughs> He's amazing. Great man. Um, so I, I didn't write anything in here, but I was going to recommend, I just finished the book uh, Gideon the Ninth by Tamsin Muir, which is a... As the the one article I linked in Vox described is necromancer lesbians in space in space, 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 space. <laughs> uh, which is part of a trilogy. The second one's coming out this year, but it is about it, it is sort of a gothic horror haunted house. Also, it's I mean it's set in space in the sense that it is set in a multi planet galaxy where people in all these different planets are do practice necromancy um and there is sort of an immortal necromancer slash emperor slash god over the whole thing um so it's definitely got some like body horror going on there are a lot of skeletons and it's like never to me it wasn't to me super scary at any point Mm -hmm. but very engrossing Mm. um and I would say that the, I mean, it's described as necromancer lesbians in space. I would feel like the anything uh, romantic or sexual is not super played up, at least in this book. It may come out more later. Why, does it, why is it in space? This is always my question about books. I think because they do, people are coming from different planets. Okay. Um, and it's sort of that there's a very cool, the way it's written, just a very cool overlay of like they're all, all the people end up in this house where they're supposed to be doing this um, uh, selection process competition to become 
this sort of immortal uh, helper to this god emperor. So it's and, more of a like social theory space and less a hard sci-fi space. Yeah, it's not a lot of hard science fiction, but there is like they're living in this house that is this sort of decaying mansion where weird shit's happening, but at the core of it is also the technology that makes it all run. So there's like, and none of it's like super explained. It's not like the hard sci-fi where you're getting the like nitty detail, nitty gritty details of how this stuff works. But it's just that like, <laughs> there's no warp core breaches. <laughs> there are no warp core breaches. But there is like they. I will fucking read a warp core breach. Sorry. Yeah. But they use like shuttles to get from their planets to this oh, planet, okay. and like the planet that Gideon comes from, it appears to be from the description of it built like a lot of it's below the surface of the planet and it's all based around sort of a drilled core that everything is built around um and they have to sort of in a way like terraform it mm. that kind of thing um so there's that but it's much more about the atmosphere and these just like really cool like the space that they're in um and there's it is kind of a large cast yeah i well i've been listening to the uh i found out about Thames and Muir through listening to the be the serpent podcast um, her writing came up, you know, basically whenever anybody read it, they're like, it was amazing. And wow. then I think, was it? No, I was listening to an older one where somebody had, I think, read the advanced copy and was like, wow, like, this is going to be great. Um, and I hadn't really read anything that had that kind of atmosphere to it. I've been trying to get back into, I don't know about anybody else, but my ability to read long fiction tanked. Mine story. too. I've been on archive of our own reading like five chapter fix and that's like good for me. <laughs> oh, I did read Overcoming. What was that? You don't know about Overcoming? I don't, I'm not good with titles. Uh, everyone talks about it all the time. It's the 600,000 word Regency romance anagram fic. Oh, you know, oh. I started that and I never read the whole thing. Um, I'm very critical. So yeah. Um, I apologize to all artists everywhere, <laughs> um, but it's not like excellent, but uh -huh. I, I needed to be outside of myself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I read it. I'm, I'm known for like, oh, what's the famous fic that everyone talks about that's probably not actually that good, but that someone's going to publish without the names so, <laughs> um, and I will read it. And so I read it. And uh, it kept me distracted through a lot of hard times. Mm -hmm. Good. Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't like Regency romance. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Why am I reading this? Yeah. Sometimes you just got to go with it. Well, I, I was saying that I have didn't start reading books again until I think like late in the summer. Mm -hmm. I have read hundreds and not, I would guess past a million words of fanfic since March. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands word and i appreciate every one of them <laughs> because they kept me Seriously. entertained and they gave me something to focus on um and uh yeah it's uh it's just now i'm getting it back into books and i have like a huge list of stuff to read well because of myerism now i'm reading the biography of uh l ron hubbard Oh, biography of a barefaced messiah. But I've also read like every single piece of uh, media about Scientology. So yeah, it only makes sense. But I can't like focus on it for more than like two pages, and then I'm like, nah. Mm -hmm. Let me go back to listening to podcasts or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, did you have a, rec a recommendation for us? I'm going to do a rare bit of self promotion because you can actually see this online. 
uh, with the Baltimore Rock Opera Society, I produced a puppet operetta that came out. This uh, is coming out next week. Uh, it's as part of the six pack where they have six uh, 10 minute shorts of, op- of rock operas with puppets. They left a very open definition of puppets, whatever you wanted to do with, with puppets. And mine, I decided that I wanted to have a bad captain who wanted to go wake the Kraken. It does not go well. <laughs> Kraken is waking the Kraken's a bad idea. But like all of them are, are super amazing and super talented. The one that's going to be airing before mine is somewhat related that it's a, it's a uh, stop animation and it's done about a, a town that has an election each year and the election is based on how much you can eat. And then some outsider comes in and has this brilliant idea of being a cannibal. <laughs> so that's, that's going to be delightful. I know all the musicians behind it. And uh, it's Baltimore Rock Opera Society six-pack. Uh, they'll be on demand probably by next week or when this comes out. I did get to see the advanced copy of Justin's, and I will say that it does rock out. <laughs> yeah, the music was great. Yeah, yeah, I, oh, yeah I, I went with a vague, I, I found a musician I liked, and I was like, do something kind of industrial, cloth industrial, and he, he nailed it and uh, figured out how to work in a story around, uh, around sounding like uh, kind of Nine Inch Nails-ish. In yeah, parts yeah. And, but very like, yeah, and it does have a kind of like driving growly rock, like, uh, It rocks. Um, I'm very proud of it. Yeah. Yes. It's also okay. one of the most ridiculous things I've ever done, and I wrote a, a water ballet about Sharkspeare. <laughs> <laughs> There's an aquatic theme, Justin. I, yeah, I, I stick close theme. to what I know. <laughs> so is there anything else you wanted to cover while we've got you? Ooh, me? Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh... Oh, I, I realized I forgot to ask you in our general Hannibal talk. Um, so have you, like... We talked about the show, but we didn't really talk about the fandom. Like, have you been enjoying it? Like, have you found it to be a welcoming space? Or I found it to be a welcoming space. It's hard for me because I can't remember names and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, with Teen Wolf, it was very much like I found the fandom. I went to a convention. I met people in person. So I was grounded in it mm-hmm. in a way that I don't feel like I can be um when you're only online like it's i have a struggle with names faces like then you have twitter handles and people's Mm. names and twitter handles and i i guess maybe it's like the gen x part of me that's like can't handle all of that Mm. (laughs) i'm like not fast about it um so i just have been i feel like i'm on a precipice like i just want to go hang out with some people in person to feel mm-hmm. that energy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I did buy a ticket to uh, RDC six, which mm-hmm. may or may, I mean, I can't imagine why any fucking celebrity would want to shake hands with slash <laughs> sign, share pens, hug, have a photo op, be in contact with, I mean, vaccinations are great, but like, I want to know this shit is gone before yeah. I'm mm-hmm. going to go meet 300 people and touch them all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like I can't quite imagine a thing. The, the, the convention circuit working. Yeah. Um, but uh, if it happens, I'll go. And then there'll certainly be some people that I've gotten to know on Twitter there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not and like, I have you guys. This is mm-hmm. awesome. Yay! <laughs> um, I love it. But I, I, I think the pandemic has dampened like what I've been able to experience yeah. of the fandom although finding uh like 
I was aggro. Like, people were talking about, oh, we're all goth in some thread. I just went and followed, like, 200 Hannibal fans. <laughs> you know, just like, let's go. And when I found people that had common interests, like goth stuff or music stuff or whatever, I'm like, hey, let's have a group chat about it. And I, because I'm an extrovert, mm. so I'm that person. <laughs> we need them. Yeah, we need them, because Amy and I are just like, <laughs> we don't know anybody. We <laughs> We, we took our extroverted introvert to Fanable Fest. That's Brooke, who basically paraded around and was like, hi, my friends do a podcast and I'm behind them. Like, like I have stickers. Right. <laughs> I, went, I went to um, Fanable Fest thinking like, nobody knows me. And people were like, oh, I listened to your podcast. I was like, what? <laughs> like, Why? You do? What? And hi. Yeah, it was just, it was just, yeah. It is nine o'clock in the morning and I'm like clutching a cup of coffee, like God, please. Um, I feel like in particular when we're all able to fandom properly in person again, if Fanable Fest happens again, and I know that they do want to do it, um, that is in particular a great one for meeting people. Yeah. They allow a lot of space. I mean, they're like, we are a fandom con about this thing. And we have the guest. And it's also great if you're a geek and you like the background stuff. Like if you like the people who directed or people who did costuming or meeting Janice. Um, But they also allow allow a lot of space for people to just interact with each other, uh, which was really nice. Yeah. Like they are like we had they had activities like they even had things I think like people like board game playing together just to chill out and hang because out. Stuff. I'm not about the life of like, I'm just here to get this autograph and have my five seconds with this person that I idolize. Yeah. Um, because that's not, it's really a struggle because I also feel that like, Oh God, I want to yeah. meet as these yeah. people so bad, but I also don't want that to be what my whole weekend is about mm-hmm. because that's not my life. That's mm-hmm. not real life. You know, that's like a fun moment. Mm-hmm. And I say this as someone who like practically chased Dylan O'Brien down the streets of New York. So <laughs> I want to meet other people who have the same interest in me so we can freak out about it together. Yeah. Life is about balance. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, and like I said, we were at Fanable Fest. We actually pieced out of the like meet and like where they have people come around like and oh, I was, wow, yeah. I was like, I don't. I mean, I would like to meet these people, but I also feel really weird about this. It doesn't make it's me very, very weird. I got real weird, drunk yeah. at Red Dragon Con, so I didn't care. But <laughs> how many I, hugs did you get from Ricky? I got many, many hugs from Ricky Whittle. I mean, I got like three. <laughs> One of them I made sure happened myself. <laughs> I was like, yeah, like I both desperately want conventions to happen again, and also this is bringing yeah. up like horrible memories of like watching people really just get super awful about wanting to meet celebrities. So yeah, the secondhand embarrassment thing for me is like, Oh, like, please don't stand up and ask them that question. Like, please don't. <laughs> like, God, stop it. <laughs> isn't there a thing? Isn't there a thing tomorrow afternoon where they're doing a Q and a for, um, for where Thomas Vinterberg and Mads are doing a Q and a for um, Druck? I think so. And I Q and A's, yeah, that's secondhand embarrassment. Oh my god, it's almost too much for me to take. I at Fanable Fest, I stood next to Scott Thompson and got coffee, and that was like fine for me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm I'm done. That's it. Right. <laughs> I'm like, Kathy and Park like responded to one of my comments on her Instagram once, and I'm like, cool, <laughs> we're cool. 
Yeah. That's great. I, I have to say, I would love to hug Brian Fuller because oh I just need to hug Brian Fuller. Yeah, yeah. But that's about, that. that's like yeah. the only thing I need to tick off on my list. I need to personally thank Brian Fuller in person for being yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. 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 Being awesome in public. Yeah. You, know, you could be awesome quietly by yourself, but you're like being awesome in public, taking heat for being awesome in public. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. All of the above. And like, I, when I realized, when I realized that would, Brian Fuller was doing Hannibal, which I didn't know until I started watching it on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I was like, fuck, I love everything he does. <laughs> why didn't I think about, why didn't I realize this when the show was coming out? And I just didn't, I don't know. Because you needed something really amazing to happen in a shit year. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah, it saved it for 2020. That, I guess that's what it is. Yes. <sighs> I'm glad that, that so you got So Hannibal on awesome. Netflix is the only good thing about 2020. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, and that's, I mean, there's been a lot of crap this year. I don't know if it necessarily balances things out, but I think it definitely yeah, improves, improves things. Do you all know what my shirt is about? No one on the podcast is going to understand this, but you do know what this shirt is? It's a tiger. It's from Mandy. Have you guys seen that film? Oh, yes. I've seen Mandy. When Nicholas yeah. Cage is in the bathroom screaming his fool head off. Yes. This is the shirt. This is that shirt. Anyway. <laughs> I feel wish I had worn my screaming like rainbow cabbage <laughs> sweater for this. Yeah, nobody I, listens to the podcast, what they, but if they are Mandy fans, and many horror fans are. Mandy was fabulous. And and again, another aesthetic achievement. It's yes. uh, that film is about aesthetics in I think a similar way that Hannibal is about aesthetic, but whatever. Yes. No. yes. Yeah. I'm gonna have to listen to this whole I have a lot of things to pull for our show notes. <laughs> good it just involves a lot of work long show i'm I'm into exhaustive show notes because i don't like listening to a podcast and then being unable to find the thing that people are talking about i'm like get those links out there folks i slapped my anti-thread i found it and slapped it in that document sweet thanks i love it so I think we're good. We're good. For now. Yeah. Hopefully we I will get to talk about this again. Thank you, Cam. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Maybe next time we'll be able to do this in person, in a car, or around a table somewhere. Cry. <laughs> and masks make good pop filters. Masks do make good pop filters. I own a pop filter. All right. Oh. I can bring my, my, I have one of those snowball mics because I thought I was going to make a podcast about sassy nurses. And then I realized uh, I didn't know anyone who would edit it. And I was certainly not going to edit it myself. Um, <laughs> we can talk. Yes. You can always talk to Justin. Uh, Justin does podcast production for fun. Okay. So I'm going to do our... And food. And food. Wait, you do food for fun? Oh, you do podcast production for food. I did make a pie for fun. But he yeah, I, I, I get paid he brought in food. He own food this time. Yeah. yeah. We just feed them. That's how we pay them. <laughs> and drinks. I love it. Okay, so I'm going to read our little ending thing here. Um, so you can visit Headful of Hannibal at headfullofhannibal.com, Headful of Hannibal on Tumblr and Instagram, and Headful of Hanny on Twitter. You can email us at headfullofhannibal at gmail.com if you need to correct anything. Please do. screwed up this entire thing, or if you just want to talk to us. Um, Kim, you had mentioned your social media yeah handle. i'm pretty much snide girl everywhere s-n-i-d-e-g-r-r-l you know from the 90s as uh, girl. yeah i think yeah. amy might know about uh, yeah i have the same thing going on yeah uh <laughs> so thank you for joining us this was awesome